0: How do you make a relationship work? In relationship, there's give and take in both that, but you don't make relationships work until you understand what the other person needs, wants, values, and so on. And then you work together, make it work. Either side of the coin.
1: This is the FM Evolution Podcast. Brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. Bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black.
2: What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. Excited today because we're talking to Danny Koons over at Windy City Equipment. And talk about a COVID-19 story. This is one. Uh, Danny, uh, it's nice to kind of know someone who is, uh, he really does what he says and says what he does and and is very clear and, and straightforward person. And um, Danny, I first heard Danny uh, talk about this subject on Windy City's podcast. Uh, and, you know, It's interesting. The whole journey is interesting for people right now. People are growing careers are changing positions. There's a lot of flux in in our environment. Danny made the best of it. So I wanted you guys to hear his story. He has some amazing advice. A great guy, a veteran in this field. And uh, I have a lot of respect for him and what he does. I think you guys will too. So check out this episode. You don't want to miss this. But before that, here is a word from our sponsor.
1: Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today.
2: Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black, and I'm excited today because we're going to be telling a COVID-19 story, transitioning from facility manager to vendor, and I'm very excited to have Danny Kuntz on from Windy City Equipment on. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. Very nice to be here. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad you can make it on. I thought this is such a relevant story right now, considering what's going on in the world. And, I, you know, I, of course, I, I listen to uh, Windy City's podcast, uh, you know, Blue is the New White. I love that. It's, it's, you know, he does, Josh does such a good job. And of course, you were on that podcast.
0: Yeah, a couple of times. I did one at RIFMA when we were in Austin, and then I did one with Josh right when I uh, went to furlough uh, from uh, my former job, so a couple of times. Oh my gosh.
2: Well, I can't wait to hear your story. We're going to get into that, but uh, as a way to kind of uh, help people get to know you, I like to ask people what they're reading, and so I wanted to
0: ask you, what are you reading right now? (laughs) couple things, uh, which which probably will tell you quite a bit about me. I just finished, over the weekend, a book called Empowerment. It is a football thing about Tennessee. And some of the search they went through in getting coaches and so on over the last 10 years really didn't do a very good job of it. So it's a story about that. I just finished it. I am starting. I, I love true crime anything true crime I love. So I'm reading the LaFonza heist uh, from New York back in the mob days. So I just started that. And I'm also reading for the second time, Josh's book on blue is the new white. I read it when it first came out. (laughs) And now I think because now that I work for him, reading it again will have even more special meaning than just reading it the first time. So. That's my reading list.
2: Well, I love that. I think that's that's that is one heck of a reading list by the way. You know, <laughs> they talk, they say that the leaders are readers. And I believe that and, and I like to hear uh, from people and what they're reading and and there's always a wide variety and I'm I'm always looking for the next, you know, coolest book to to grow with. So that's sure. really really cool. I love to hear that. Good list. So, Dan, you've been in facility management for many years now, and for those who don't know about your story, can you can you tell us a little bit about you know how you got started in facility management?
0: Sure, I uh, was going to the University of Tennessee and had been working at Pizza Hut on the weekends. A friend of mine called and said, "Hey, listen, you want to get out of working on weekends?" I'm like, "Yes." They said, Well, we have this job at the Ruby Tuesday commissary. And I was like, What does that mean? They said, Well, we cook food and package it up and we load trucks and deliver to restaurants. i have got seven restaurants. I'm like, Okay. They said, You can go to class and then you come here and work in the afternoons. I'm like, Sure. And I get paid every week, right? Yes, absolutely. Great. <laughs> right. What a deal. So I started working there and worked in the commissary warehouse for a, for a, year or two, and as I finished school, they came along and said, hey, listen, would you like to be the purchasing guy, Mike? Sure. What do you want me to purchase? They said, well, equipment, furniture, smallwares." wares, money. Sure. They said, do you know how? I said, no, but nope. you make a deal. That's all you got to do, right? Make a deal. I'm your guy. They said, okay. So they gave me the purchasing job. I did that for about a year or two, and then they came and said, hey, listen, we want you to be the facility guy. Okay. What does that mean? Well, you need to take care of the facilities and so on. You know, Yeah, okay, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. And that was it. And, and they had, like, <laughs> at that time, maybe nine restaurants, and we're just starting outside the state of Tennessee. And so I said, okay, great. I'll do it. I'll handle both of them. And for over 35 years, that was my job. And I managed what started out as ten nine or ten locations, where at one point I had 900. And it was was great. So you learn on the fly. You know, uh, not really a book. You just get out there and learn. And what you're trying to do is be a resource and help people. That's all you're trying to do. So I did that for about 35 years up until... I left Ruby's in 2013.
2: My gosh. So that's a long history of facility management. Yeah.
0: I love that. I always always told them at Ruby Tuesday that I was the best facility guy they ever had. I left out part two, which was I was the only guy
2: (laughs) (laughs) there. Well, that certainly narrows it down being the best. That's for sure. (laughs) I love that. And that is a great amount of experience to be able to bring and so bring to any, any kind of career, but now, so bring us up to today, like life after COVID-19 has hit, it hit us all really, really hard. You, you got put into furlough. Um, and what's been going through your mind ever since then?
0: Well, uh, you know, it was, I was, I was working for a small restaurant company called your restaurant group up in the mountains of East Tennessee driven by tourism hundred percent. Yes. And, and so the furlough, the first part was, you know, the first thing you do is you assume you're going back and, Absolutely. and so you, what you're trying to do is get your arms around. All right. How long is it going to be? You know, and, and in my case where you don't get paid and you're, can you take a break for a little while? Okay, sure. How long is that going to be? And, and so there's your main focus is, is what is that timeline going to be? And can I, can I make it work? But at the same time, I think it was important, and I was glad I did. I put notes out on LinkedIn that said, hey, I'm furloughed, and here's kind of the timeline. But, oh, by the way, you know, if you hear of something great, yes, let me know, because there's no guarantee of that. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped, you know, although my goal was to go back. And I think it was the company's goal for me to go back but as covid continued and got worse i guess versus better it came to the resolution that my job was pretty much going to be eliminated i mean there was no money there we weren't going to do projects we're not going to do my regular normal facility part yeah. i'm the only guy doing facilities so so there are other people who are needed before me and and you have to be able to recognize that, you know, and I can yes. remember saying on Josh's podcast was if I was in leadership position, I would have done the same thing. I don't like it. Never did like it. Didn't like anything about it, but that's reality of business. You know, yes. if you don't have a job to do. You're not going to be there. They have to keep someone else. And, and, and so that was, that was kind of it. And then when the decision came along, you know, that I wasn't going to be coming back. Well then you got to move pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Now you said something interesting which I thought was uh was insightful. You actually went on to Josh's podcast and talked about the potential of those on furlough losing their their positions.
0: Correct. And it turned out to be me.
2: It turned out to be you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so you end up taking your own advice and could you, what advice would you have for other FMs in the same situation at this point?
0: Well, I think, and there are lots of FMs that, that have been furloughed or, or even lost their job, yes. you know, due, due to this whole thing. I think one thing that's really important is to utilize your network. And, and I think the other part is Sean is, is, if you haven't ever done this, it's probably too late. But that you have spent your time when you were working and gainfully employed, still helping other people, responding to other people, and so on. Yeah, your past has been one of those where I don't have time to respond, and I wish people would quit cold calling me and stuff like that. Those very same people, just like in my case, you may end up going to work for or or needing to speak to, and if and if your program has been when things are good to blow those people off and not give them an opportunity, you know, it doesn't take but a minute or so to say, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm not interested right now. Please check with me in a year, six months, something like that. That's all it takes. But, but if you, and I'm on the side of that fence now, I, I, you know, understand when I'm trying to reach out to someone just to ask, yeah. I send you information and I have to beg four or five times to even get an answer. <laughs> that that what it helped me do was it, the ability, and I think of trying to always answer people, be kind to people, treat them like I would want to be treated. Now that that I'm on the vendor side, that opened lots of doors for opportunities. Whether people had a job or didn't have a job, but I got calls, you know, that said, "Hey, Danny." if you need to make some money for the next quarter or six months, I got a couple things you could do if that helps you. Or I don't have anything, but I'll use my network to reach out for you. Or I got a couple things. I don't know if it's anything you really want to do, but let's just get on the phone and talk about it. And, and that's how Josh just kind of came into play. But by, by putting that out there when I was furloughed that it could happen, It wasn't necessarily a shock to anyone when it finally did happen, but I had kind of set the wheels in motion for people to be thinking about it. And then hopefully a long career of being kind and responsive to people, you know, who are just trying to do their job paid off. What
2: a great lesson for people who are in your uh, position now, and then for also people who are in facility management before, to really kind of understand that relationships go both ways.
0: Absolutely. And,
2: and that golden rule, you know, treating others like you want to be treated, that, that's not just for growing up. That's, you know, when we're all grown ups and we're playing in that realm, it's a good idea to to create good relationships with people. And it, like you said, a little bit of time goes a long ways when you're investing to building those relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really, really smart. So one of the things I was going to ask you is we all kind of know that making that transition from an FM to a vendor is quite a bit different because you're on, you're on, you know, on two different sides of that coin. You have been you know, in, in the facility management role for so long, and I'm sure you have had really amazing relationships with people on the vendor side. What can you tell us about some of the challenges that you're facing now that you come over to the vendor side of facility management.
0: Well, I, and I mentioned it just a minute or two before, but I think mm-hmm. getting responses from people is tough. Like getting people to to even respond. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't understand that. I've, no, I've never understood that. I just don't think it's that hard, you know, but so many people don't. I think that's one. I think you have to change your mindset. You know, when you're a facility person, you're kind of working off that mantra the customer's always right. And I always said it's easier to be the customer because the customer's always right. Always right. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> on the vendor side, I have to be right all the time. That's you know? <laughs> and, and that's a little bit tougher, but I I think you change your mindset because as a facility manager mm-hmm. or managing lots of restaurants or people, you're constantly saying, do it, get it done. Let's move to this, do that, so on. As a vendor, and especially doing the job I'm doing, which is relationship management, I'm trying to find new customers. I'm trying to make the relationships better with the customers we have. It's a whole lot of asking. There's not a, it's yep. not doing. It's asking and probing and looking for information and understanding that every customer likes to be treated a different way. You know, how do I manage that process? How do I learn what to do? And then help them with their issues as they go along and helping them to build a trust into me, you know, and that's why I try to use my experience as a facility person for a long period of time saying, hey, look, I was you. I know what it's like to have your boss come down and tell you that he just took $200,000 out of your budget. I know how that works. And, And I know what decisions you are forced to be made because of that you know, yeah. and, and trying to do that. But if people don't know you, that's going to take a little while. You've got to try to build it. But it's really changing that mindset from get it done, do it, let's move, get this fixed, let's buy a new one, so on. That whole mentality changes. Now you're on the other side. You're doing a lot more listening and trying to understand where, where are the parts of where I can help.
2: That's, so – Kind of recap on that. So, if you're going to be giving advice on FM, it would be, hey, be kind to others, give them time, and then and respond. Yes. And then on the vendor side, then you would say, hey, do that, but also listen.
0: Absolutely. It's a, it's a partnership, John, on both sides of the coin. And when you take the time to try to understand what the person on the other side is, you know, yeah, I had great vendor relationships part of that was because I worked really hard to understand completely where they came from and what they were trying to do and understand they got to make money too, yep. you know? And it, the whole question never was about, should they make money? The whole question is how much? Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and and that's the magic number, but what goes into their program? What do they need? And now that I'm on the vendor side, it's the same kind of partnership. I understand what a facility manager needs and wants and so on. I've been doing that for a long period of time, but now how do I equate that with each individual customer to drive that business and build that partnership to where it's a trust between the two people. But you know, so many times the relationship between vendor and customer is not a trusting relationship. You know, it's, it's just the opposite of that. How, How do you make a relationship work and relationship, No different than you do at home with your wife or significant other, whatever that may be. There's give and take in both that. But you don't make relationships work until you understand what the other person needs, wants, values, and so on. And then you work together and make it work. Either side of the coin.
2: I think, I mean, you're absolutely 100% spot on. And I think if we can get facility managers to answer the phone, and and talk to us then we really we can offer a lot to them to be able to help them you know we can be the good we can be partners for them and i know they have people um you know they're working with but guess what those people are good until they're just not anymore you know and a half things happen sometimes you need backup sometimes you just need more resources sometimes you just want to pick up the phone and call hey and call danny go hey danny Do you know about this? You've had 35 years experience in doing this. Is this something you guys can do? Sure. Even if you're not the primary vendor, you know, because you've got the experience. But they have to be open to that relationship.
0: Well, I think the other part of that, too, is, is for the vendor side of the coin, you are reaching out to customers every day. Yeah. It's okay to say, I don't have anything. I don't. I am very comfortable with who I have. They're doing a good job for me. I I have no openings. That's okay. That's okay. As on the vendor side today, when I hear that, then I know to go focus on someone else who may have an opportunity for me and so on. But until they ever let me know that, I'm okay with no. I understand it. I'll circle back around. Things may change in a few months. Who knows? But if you tell me that you're very comfortable with who you have and they're doing everything you need, then there's no opportunity for me today. And I understand that, and I'll move along to someone else and circle back at some point on time. I always thought that was really important when I was on the restaurant side so that I would allow the person on the vendor side to know where I was so they could either continue to work the account or they could move on to another account where there may be another opportunity. Where they don't know where to go is when they don't ever hear anything.
2: That's a great courtesy. It's a great... And it's a gift from the facility management side to the vendor side. Even if they don't have an opportunity, like you said, hey, just just communicate. Just let us know. Let me but, you know, you. we we understand that, but things always change too. So yeah, keep keep an open mind. I love you that
0: know, the person. The person you don't need today may be exactly the person that in six months you're scrambling through everything on your desk to find. To find that phone number because you need to call that guy. And, and I have numerous stories of people who started as a second vendor, a third, uh, hey, if you ever run into this, call me, where that sometime during that 35-year history, those things happened. Yes, sure. And is. I needed every one of those people, you know. And I think because I had spoken, I had talked, I'd been very honest and upfront with what I'd done, that made the transition into that relationship ultimately a partnership with those people and and you know you can only be what people think that you are you know exactly and and you want to be one of those people that they said hey i never did business with him but when i reached out to him he responded to me and told me what he was doing he didn't have an interest so he took the time he or she took the time to do that you know did the right thing
2: and it's really interesting you know um we both attend RIFMA and I love, you know, going to that, uh, that association. And, and I have so many friends there, um, that are facility managers that, you know, it's so interesting. We have some of these guys I waited four years to do business with, you know, just cause circumstances. And then all of a sudden things aligned and guess what? We're doing business now. And they're so like, Oh my God, that's why I can do business with you now. Yeah, and it's just you know it's it's keeping that communication and getting those relationships set up, and then okay. when timing's right, it's ready.
0: And and part of that is too, Sean, for, to defend the facility manager for a second. Part of that is some things are out of his his or her control. Yes, that's very
2: know, they're true. They're
0: not doing business with you because there's a mandate that they are to save a whole bunch of money, and there, and what that basically does is force them to use the cheapest person out there. Yep you know, to make a number and and they don't necessarily want to tell you that, but, but that may be what their marching orders are, you know? And so it's not that they don't want to do business. They may be hamstrung inside their company or what's going on. And especially now, you know, as things are very tight and no one knows what to do. So it's not always them. It's circumstances Yeah. yeah, that they're being managed or how, how their company is functioning or, at this time and stuff, so that's. I agree, point.
2: man. Well, I have a couple of questions. We'll wrap up for you, okay? Um, you know, I've met, like I said, I've met Josh a couple of times, and and he's great, and you know, but for those who don't know uh, who Windy City is, I was hoping you could tell us a little about about you guys, and then tell us uh, what your experience has been like.
0: Sure, uh, Windy City is a company that specializes in service trades for hot side refrigeration, refrigeration HVAC. Um, Located in Phoenix, office in Phoenix, an office in Tucson, uh, an office in Houston, Texas. Nice. And we just started doing service in Albuquerque. We don't have an office there, but we have people on the ground. On the ground, yep. And, And the way Josh does that, which I think is very good strategy is you kind of go where your customer leads you. That's right. Um, yeah. That They had a major presence with a couple of customers in Phoenix. Those customers in turn spoke to other members of their team who were in Houston and also had a big presence. And, and that's how they got the business. So they had a customer of significant amount to go put a building. They didn't. Do brick and mortar and put a shingle out front. And say, okay, here we are. Everybody, come. Yeah, they had some customers already, kind of teed up to do business with. Sent out a couple guys and worked them. You know, uh, without building a building first and so on to to get started in the area. But then, you know, kind of followed the customer. And I think that's a really smart way of of doing business is follow your customer. You know, and the better you do for the customer, the more opportunities to grow. Um, Exactly. We do installs. We do PMs for anything, you know, related to refrigeration, hot side, or HVAC. Uh, We sell equipment if need be. We do videos, you know, of every work order and so on and quotes so that people can actually see. Oh, wow. take away that conversation of the guy's been on the roof for three hours. I don't know what he did. You well, know, you go. we'll show you the video of what he did and what he found and, <laughs> and so on. Um, we do a lot of how to videos, even to help customers and people that we're not even necessarily doing business with, because maybe we will someday, you know, and it just helps spread the word. Um, really impressed with the whole company. One one of the reasons I took the job was, Josh just really impressed me. He had his finger on, on the industry with his book and where he was headed. Uh, very, as you know, social media savvy. He knew, yes, he you know, kind of as the market changes from the old days of service to, to moving forward. Uh, very good in that. And everybody always says this, you know, they have a desire to be the best that they, they really are focusing on being the best term. Uh, For a very small company, you know, and I've worked for great big companies. I work for small companies. So I'm very buttoned down and focused, which is impressive because of their size. Most companies that that are that size are not buttoned down, they're just winging it every day and hoping something works. But, you know, they have a management team. Meetings are very set and organized. They have goals that they have what they're about, things like that, that companies, a lot of times don't do until way along, That's right. along the program. But looking to be really good, I'm very impressed with how bought in their people are. It reminds me of Ruby Tuesday 30, 40 years ago. You know, you got nine or 10 restaurants, a bunch of people working there, and you're just working really hard trying to be better today than you were yesterday and hoping it grows into something. I think the same kind of thing. They're very focused. They want to do what's right, hold each other accountable. And, and I thought that my opportunity of being in the business for a long period of time under, I'm a relationship person. That's how I've done business all my life would be to help grow that relationship, not from a hard sell spot, Cause I'm not a hard seller. I've never been a seller. I'm a relationship person, you know, let's build a relationship. You tell me what you need and I'll see if I can help you, you know, and vice versa. And, and, and that was kind of what Josh was looking for was someone to do relationship building versus hard selling, you know?
2: And I think that's, that's critical really- for people to kind of understand in our market that we work in a niche market but we're also an enterprise level sell when you're dealing with very large customer bases, very large brands, Walmart's targets you're dealing with, uh, I know Ruby Tuesdays restaurant brands that will give you the opportunity to follow that customer. The sell cycle, the relationship is so very much different than it is if you're a point of sale type of person, you know, or, or if you have a you know a door to door sales it's not that this is so no, much
0: you know fun. if i'm if i'm working at target and i'm selling yeah. the person i sell to is pretty much it that's you know it. that's it but in the restaurant i may have a great relationship with the director but the general manager has a has a dog in the fight the assistant manager <laughs> the guy. regional has a dog in the fight and may not know the fight but they're in it anyway. That's right. You know? So I may be solidly on ground at this level, but I'm not here and I'm not here. I, and how do I massage all of that, you know, as it works? Or we're not being treated like a prime customer. Well, what does that mean?
2: What does you know? that mean? Yeah. And I mean, you really got to jump in and get underneath the skin. of all these people who are in this process and knowing their process, you know, sometimes even better than they do. Sure, you know, absolutely. That's, that's what we got to do. That's incredible. And that's great insight. And I love that that you guys are doing that over at Windy City. And I think that it shows in, in Josh's growth and his foresight and, and what you guys are doing there. Sure. All right, absolutely. so we're going to wrap up. Um, as we wrap up, I'd love for you to tell us to how, how do we find Windy City? What's the best way to,
0: to get a hold of you guys? Uh, my email is dcoonts at wcecommercial.com. Uh, you can go to WCE Commercial and look at our old website. We'll tell you everything about what we do. It's got the videos on it, you know, what we're about, the the whole piece of the company, and uh, or anyone else at, at Windy City. But it's WCE Commercial. And uh, like I said, if you're a facility person and you're looking for some help in any of those markets that I just mentioned uh, to help you in any way, I would be more than happy to do that. And you know, even if it's just, hey Danny, did you ever come across this in your career? What did you do, and how'd you how'd you go about it? People people did that for me when I was young. You spoke about RIFMA. and you know, as a as a as I learned through Riffma, there were many people out there that were a lot smarter than I was, and so why mm-hmm. not reach out for help? And and something I'm trying to work my way through, they may have already handled. You know, so why not ask them? You
2: know, absolutely. I, you know, one of my heroes is Jack Welch, and Jack Welch is famous for having every head in the game. You know, I want he wants to know he wants everyone at the table, and and he is uh, definitely not concerned about being the smartest person at that table. Back, he's often he was like, I'm the dumbest person at the table. I want to hear, I want to hear everyone. I want everyone, everyone's opinions, and that's that's how I like to hear things too. Is I want to have all the smartest people you possibly get in your group, and that includes amazing facility managers like yourself. They have so much experience and, uh, and and great vendors. And so now you have best of both worlds, bud. Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much for being on the show. I'm so excited to see what happens with you at Windy City. And uh, you're a great inspiration for people who are on furlough to understand that it is about those relationships. Reach out and uh, you can make something great of it.
0: Yeah, you never never close your eyes to... Opportunity, you know if you were a facility person and and you may have lost your job or furloughed and don't know if you're going back don't don't just focus on facilities you know look look outside the market and and what else is out there that you can contribute to and and while I hadn't spent time at all hardly on the vendor side, I understood the vendor side and and I thought I knew what I could do that could contribute you know from experience and help. Uh, with Windy City when Josh and I first started talking and and so sometimes kind of look outside your comfort zone uh, because a new challenge is fun, you know, and and it's it's an opportunity of doing something totally different than what you've done before while at the same time being a really great learning experience.